We are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Yudalit, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, Urechabam Ben Shlomo Malach Yehuda. Um, again, our podcast is in its fourth day and doing magnificently, and for this we thank our technical engineer, Danny Agus, as well as the Gevura Shul, which has given us such tremendous support and encouragement. So yesterday, in the first part of Perak Yudala, we saw the almost tragic um, fall of Yeruvam ben Nevat and his Malchus. Uh, his, his, he loses his son. He then dies. And he goes down and will deservedly in history as probably one of the most evil people ever. His biggest sin is that he was Mahdi's Harabim, as the Gemara says, that he caused others to sin, to follow in his wake, who would probably not have done so. And now the Navi is going to turn his attention to Yerubim's counterpart, as it were, in the southern provinces of Judea, uh, which is Shevet Yehuda, Shevet Benyamin, that is under the Malchus of Rechabam ben Shlomo. I have one question just on Yerovam. The, the people of Israel, of the northern tribes, the ten tribes, they got cut off from, from the temple. Yes. Like, is there any anywhere indication of what that meant to them? Yes, in fact, we're going to see it right now. Okay. We're going to see an example of it. So, pick it up on Chafalov, Rechavim ben Shlomo Malach Yehuda. We're going to see that although some of the things are the same, the Avodah Zorah that infected the ten tribes in the north does take its toll on the tribes in the south, on Yehuda as well. But there are very significant differences which we will explore. So Rechavim ben Shlomo Malach Yehuda, ben Arba'im ba'achash shana, he was 41 years old when he took over the Malchus, Rechavim ben Malchah, Ushra shana Malach b'Yerushalayim, he ruled for 17 years in Yerushalayim, Ha'ir asher b'achar Hashem, the city that the Kaddish Baruch Hu has picked to implant his name, Mikol Shifte Yisrael, out of all the tribes of Yisrael, B'Shem Imo Naama Ha'amonis, and his mother's name was Naama Ha'amonis. And this is a, a very significant difference, I think, will answer your question. At the beginning, remember, Rechavim starts with a tremendous legacy. He is the grandson of Melech David. He is the son of Melech Shlomo. He lives within walking distance of the base Hamikdash. Um, and incidentally, in the first three years, what happens is that there is a large group in Yerovam's district with the ten tribes that want no part of Yerovam. And so what they do is they migrate to the tribes of Yehuda. They migrate to be in that kingdom, notwithstanding that they are from the ten tribes. And that infuses a tremendous sense of positive uh, religiosity to Rechavim's reign 
in those first three years, as we'll see. In other words, there is an influx of migrants. There is also the fact that he banished all the Kohanim and Levium when they refused to participate in his bogus holidays and in the uh, nature of the uh, Korbanos, etc. So Rehavim was the beneficiary of a tremendous reserve of uh, affection and um, attachment to the real practices of the Beis Hamikdash. But then it mentions almost as a non sequitur, we see at the end of Pasuk Chav Aleph, B'Shem Imo Na'ama Ha'amonis. And his mother's name was Na'ama the Ammonite, a wife of Shlomo, his father. And the question is, why are we putting in this area? Just describe Yerushalayim and the glory of the Beis Hamikdash and the fact that of all cities in the world, of all places in the world, that's where the Kaddish Baruch Hu has, has planted his name. That's exactly why it's there. The juxtaposition is to reinforce to us that notwithstanding that, what led Rehobam in his downfall was his mother, Namaha Amonis. Let's read the first Radak, Pasuk HaFalo. Hasipur This is to tell you, Ki holach achar mase imo. He followed his mother's practices, but od avad avodazora acharishonim sholosh. And in the third year, I really in the fourth year, he starts on this terrible practice following his mother's lead of Avodah Zorah. So it looks like we're blaming it on Naomi Ha'amonias, but there is some very supportive uh, misfortune on this woman. It's not all bad. Let me just read to you from Baba Basra, I'm sorry, Baba Kama, uh, Lamed Ches Amud Beis, uh, what happens is that in the Midbar, Moshe seeks to destroy the nation of Moab, to go to war with Moab. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu stops him and says to him, Not everything which you're thinking of is my thought as well. Specifically, I do not want the destruction of Moab and of Ammon. Stay pray dos tovos yeshli lahotzimehem. Because there are, literally it means two doves, two precious doves that I first want to draw out of them, lahotzimehem. Rus ha-Moaviyah b'namah ammonis Rus the Moabite and Nama the Ammonite. In other words, to make sure that I get these future descendants of Moab and Ammon, I am forbidding you to wage war against these two nations. So there you have it from an Agadita, and yet, as we're gonna see later on, Namaha Ammonit is a very resolute practitioner and influencer as you were, as a, of Avodah Zohar. Did, did Shlomo, among all of his wives, wasn't there a Jewish, a wife from Israel 
who was not a practitioner of Orozara, that could have been yes. the mother of the, the next king? I would think out of 300 wives, yes. And, and there's a portion say that most of them did convert, and some of them say a lot of them didn't convert. But this one happened to be Rehavam's mother, so that she had this, the influence on him. And so for three years, it is not exactly a religious paradise, but it is consistent with Avodas Hashem, no uh, Avodas Zorah, etc. Now comes Bayas Yehuda Horah Beinei Hashem in the fourth year. It says in Pasuk of Beis, they embark on terrible things. So they exceed everything you've got to go back to the era of Shmuel to find the terrible things that they did you know an equivalence and they even exceed that by your new by your new they build for him bomos those same altars, Umatsevos, the monuments, Rashevim, those trees of Avodazara, Al Kol Givogaboa, on every high mountain. In other words, they put them everywhere in the higher, the more visible. The Tachas called Eitz Ranon, and under every mighty tree, as it were, there is Avodazara. The Gam Kadesh Hayoba Eretz. Kadesh implies a type of Znus, a type of arroyos, a, top, a type of adultery, and its companion words, they do like all the abominations of the other nations, of the Canaanite neighbors, etc. Toevos, linked with sexual promiscuity, also usually means homosexuality being rampant, etc. Which the Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, banished these kingdoms. In other words, these kingdoms that have been theoretically banned, the Canaanites, were the Canaanites because of their sexual um, total depravity. And so now B'nai Yisrael has fallen into that trap again in the fourth year. We stress the fourth year because Chaphei, by Yehiba Shona Hachamishi, in the fifth year, Lamelech Rechavam. Allah Shisha Melech Mitzrayim Ayurishalayim. Let me ask you, in this time period, what's going on in the temple? Is a voda going on on a daily basis? Yes. The holidays being celebrated? Yeah, yeah, the temple so continues to function. The Kohanim? Yes, is there a Kohanim? there's a whole influx now of co- right. legitimate Kohanim, and they're doing their best. You know, the first three years, it was wonderful. Now in the fourth year, it takes a 180 turn into Avodah Zorah. Now, the reason we stress the fourth year, this is one of the key differences between Malchus Rechavam and Malchus Yerobam. With Yerobam, there are protracted visits from Nevi'im, calls for tshuva, Miracles, direct appeals to Yeruvim to do tshuva, to avert this terrible course he is on. But here, Rechavim has none of that. Three years of good, fourth year descending into Avodah Zorah, fifth year the punishment, no warning, no um, intervening Nevi'im, he gets an immediate punishment. Um, 
So now what happens, and this is a tremendous humiliation, Shishak, the king of Egypt, invades Yerushalayim. This is the first foreign invasion in generations in Eretz Yisrael. You had the Malchus David where the enemies were eliminated, you had Shlomo, and now suddenly Shishak, king of Mitzrayim. Now there is a possibility that this is the same Shishak who was Shlomo's father-in-law. A lot of Mephoshim says no, it was a different Shishak, Shishak being a generic name for the pharaoh of Egypt, it was a different one. And Shishak does a foreign invasion. By Yikach as Otsros base Hashem, base Otsros base Hamelech, he invades the base Hamikdash, he invades the palace. It takes it all out. And he takes, remember the description of those magnificent, grandiose gold shields that Shlomo made. He takes them as well. Two things. One, the real target of his invasion is almost an obsession with the throne with the Kisei HaMalchus that Shlomo built. Mepharshim say he takes that back to Mitzrayim. Eventually, we're going to see it ends up in Bavel. Some say he may end up in Rome. But it, uh, it, it has a long history after this of just being the object of every tyrant's desire to take possession. Why, why would he have taken the Aron? If he, if he was looting the temple. Doesn't look like it, no, but Otsros, he was after treasure. He was, the Aaron was like a spiritual thing. He was after the gold. He wanted the gold and the silver, etc. So no, there's no record of him taking the Aaron, but uh, we'll see that before the captivity, before Bavel, the Aaron is hidden yeah. and never rediscovered. Um, in any case, he takes that from someone. Now, we get information from Divrei Hayamim, the Chronicle of Days. And Divrei Hayamim says that Rehavim raced to the Navi Shaya to intervene. And Shaya said, the message from the Kaddish Baruch Hu is, as you have abandoned me, I am abandoning you. And Rehavim and the Bnei Israel went into a modality of tshuva and tefillah, and finally the Kaddish Baruch Hu relents to the degree that I will not let Shishak destroy you, but you are going to be enslaved to Shishak. You are going to be paying taxes. You are going to be subservient to him. So he averts the disaster for the time being, and then again, it doesn't last the tshuva. So anyway, Vayas HaMelech Rechavam Tachtam, Rechavon replaces those shields. He builds them out of nechoshet, certainly a lesser kind of uh, material. The hifkid ayat sarei harutzin. He puts them into the hands and trusts them into the hands of the sarei harutzin, the runners, which really is his palace guard. Hashomim pesach beis hamelach that guard the house of the king. Hashem, and when he comes. Uh, the king comes to the Beis They bring them out and they bring them back. And we see the Melech continues to go, which answers your question, to the Beis Hamikdash even after this. 
And if you want, and we had this interesting sentence yesterday as well, if you want more information, more history about Dibre Rechavim, Bechol Asher Asa, everything he did, Halohema Kisuvim Al Sefer Dibre Hayamim Lamacha Yehuda. It is written in the Dibre Hayamim. We've established that Dibre Hayamim, a lot of it has not survived, but this part has survived. We get our information on Rechavim in his last days from Dibre Hayamim. Now, an interesting possible. There was war between Rechavim and Yeruvim all their days. We didn't know this because if you will remember when the split in the kingdoms is first enacted, Rechavim gathers 180,000 able-bodied men in what is shaping up as a civil war against Yeruvim. The Navi um, Shmaya stops him and says, don't, don't do this. This is the will of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And he listens to him, Rechavim, and disbands the army. So we assume that's the ending of hostilities between the two of them, certainly military hostilities during their reigns, but it's not. Says Dibri HaYom, in which we get this from, is there were constant military battles between Yeruvim and Rechavim. And now, by Yishkav Rechavim, Rechavim dies in Avosav, and he is put by Yikover in Avosav. Notice the difference again in language between Yeruvim and Rechavim. Yeruvim by Yishkov, he rests there, because as we're going to see, his grave is going to be violently disturbed. And however, Rechavim rests with his, in the ancestral plots, by Yikover in Avosav, Be'ir David, and then, as if to just confirm what we've learned, V'shem ino namaha amonis, and that his mother's name, why and so again, that his mother's name is namaha amonis, say them a portion to teach you that she never changed. She was relentless in Avodah Zarah. She was relentless in leading him into a path of Avodah Zarah, which is so destructive. Ayimloch aviyam, Beno Tachtov, and they, Rechavim is succeeded by his son Aviyam, Bene Tachtov, and if you think that this ends the entire problem of Bene Yehuda, you are wrong. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, Adkan.